Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm delighted that you could join me. Christian Basics, the series continues with Dr John Hall. As we come to a new subject in our Christian Basics series, consider this something that will affect every living person up until the time when Jesus comes again is death. We cannot escape it, avoid it or overcome it. To use the words of David from Psalm 23, we will all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In many ways, that's a most solemn subject and yet for the believer, the Bible tells us there are joys which we'll never know until we die. Glorious joys, everlasting joys. They're all summed up in the word heaven, which is the theme of this and Annex programme. So here on Serving Today, we'll start by looking at what happens to believers when they die. Now, there's an issue which has confused many people. It's when the Bible speaks of believers who've died as being asleep. There are several Bible passages where these terms are found. This has led some to teach that believers go into a state of soul sleep, where they are completely unconscious until the day Christ returns. To help us with this, we've our friend Dr John Hall, and when Derek French spoke with John for us, he began by asking him if believers who've died are conscious as they await the day of resurrection, or are they unconscious? Well, let's look at what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when believers die, their body goes into the grave to await the resurrection, and their soul goes to be with the Lord Jesus. And they are with the Lord Jesus in heaven and are conscious of his glory and the enjoyment of heaven. So then why does the Bible refer to sleep instead of death? Well, I think it's referring to death as being like sleep. For instance, say you're on a journey. One minute you're in one city, and what appears to be the next minute you wake up in another city, having slept for several hours. So the believer sleeps and wakes up immediately with Christ in glory. Is it any wonder that the Apostle Paul, chained up in a Roman prison, says, to die is gain? Derek, please read for us Philippians 1, 21-24. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Now Paul wouldn't have chosen to sleep rather than to serve Christ. But as he loved Christ and he loved his church and longed to serve them while here on earth, the prospect of dying and going to be with Christ attracted him far more. So he was torn between the two, the service needs of the church or the gain of dying and going to be with Christ. He wasn't going to just be asleep. He was going to be consciously aware of being with the Lord who had loved him and whom he loved. 
Jesus also said to the thief on the cross. You read that for us, Derek. Luke 23, 43. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Listener, are you aware of this lovely story? You remember when the Lord was crucified. He was crucified with a thief on either side of him. Both of them mocked him. But then as the day wore on, one of them changed his mind and said to the other criminal, Don't you fear God, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. That shows absolutely remarkable faith. As he turned to Jesus, he saw somebody hanging there, a man, his body broken, bleeding, dying. And yet the thief believed him to be a king with a coming kingdom. And so he said to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. On that very day he died, the criminal, as a new believer, would be with Christ in the heavenly garden. Lovely. Paul also says in 2 Corinthians 5.8 that there's a separation between body and soul at death. Derek will read that to us. Paul writes, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So he sees himself at death being away from his physical body and yet he himself being consciously with the Lord. In Revelation... Admittedly, it's in very symbolic language. Believers are pictured in heaven, awaiting the final return and victorious triumph of the Lord. And Derek will read to us Revelation 6, 9 and 10. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. You see there they are pictured in heaven and conscious and active, just as Jesus pictured Lazarus in the story of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, 19-31. There the rich man and Lazarus were both conscious, the other side of the grave, of their state. So the believer, when he dies, goes to be with the Lord and is conscious of the joy of that, and awaits in heaven the return of the Lord Jesus. So, John, what precisely will happen to believers who have died and believers who are still alive when the Lord returns? Those who have died and are with the Lord will come back with the Lord, they'll return with the Lord, and their bodies will rise, so body and soul will be reunited together, and they will have a risen body like the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are still alive when the Lord returns will be caught up together with him in the air, and they will be changed and have a risen body like Christ. Please read Philippians 3, 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, And we eagerly await a saviour from there, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So we should be like the Lord Jesus Christ, a body like his. And John, in 1 John 3, 1-3, assures us that on Christ's return, we shall be like him. And he says this is the incentive now to be holy. Derek, could you read 1 John 3, 1-3, please? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Purifies himself just as he is pure. We're looking forward to that day when the Lord returns and we shall be like him. Have you got this glorious hope? listener. So John, am I right in saying this staggering assurance that as believers we will be like our Saviour has implications both for our eternal future and also for how we should be living now? Yes, it's great to look forward to that happy sinless state of having a body no longer subject to age and decay and illness. Particularly as you get older, the thought of being fully well again and never ill again is a great joy. Mm. And looking forward to this means we should now be pursuing holiness, be a people who want to please God here and now, whatever the cost. We should also have a great and joyous hope, whatever the circumstances. Paul, in that great chapter on the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, speaks about the believer being made alive in Christ. And Eric's going to read that to us now, 15, 22 and 23. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in its own turn. Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. John, what's the difference between being in Adam and being in Christ? Are they the same? All human beings are in Adam. He is the representative head of all human beings. You can read that too in Romans 5. But only some human beings are in Christ. All humans are dead in sin because of Adam. And those who are in Christ are living now in Christ and will share in his resurrection life when he returns. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, are you in Christ, united to Christ? This in Christness is another way of saying, are you a Christian? Are you united by faith? To the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when the Lord returns, Paul describes the process like this in 1 Thessalonians 4 of how we're transformed into being made new creatures in Christ, having a new body in Christ. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. The dead in Christ rise first, and as we have seen, they are made like Christ, and those who are still alive are caught up to be with the Lord and transformed to be like him. This really is the eternal life 
that Christ offered in John's Gospel, for instance, in John 6 and verse 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So the crucial thing, listener, is to look in faith to the Son now, to have life now, so that it will guarantee that you're raised up on the last day, that you will be with Christ and like Christ. What a great and glorious future awaits every true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So whether we die before Jesus comes again or are alive when he returns, if we know him as our Saviour and Lord, we'll be with him forever and ever. Consider how this affected a lovely believer named Peter, who was in one of the hospitals in London. He'd suffered a major heart attack. The doctors had told him there was nothing more they could do for him. He was going to die. As he waited patiently for that event, he spoke with one of the nurses caring for him in the hospital. He said to her, I'm going home. Oh no, she said, you're too ill for that. No, he said, I'm going home to heaven to be with my Saviour. That's the difference knowing Jesus makes, and it is glorious. And so we must bring our time to a close here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May the hope of heaven strengthen us as we serve Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.